Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, HarperCollins has announced that Inkyard Press, the YA imprint under the publisher's Harlequin Trade Publishing Division, will be closed and its staff laid off on August 1st. According to the publisher's statement, current market conditions have posed a variety of challenges for the business, which have been acutely felt in the YA slash middle grade space with a shifting retail landscape, reduced distribution, and higher production costs in a price-sensitive segment. Inkyard titles will benefit from the synergies and streamlined processes as part of a larger children's division. Yeah, so uh, Inkyard Press got closed down. That was a pretty diverse YA imprint. A lot of people really liked Inkyard. Uh, that had like Melissa De La Cruz, Julie Kagawa, Jennifer Armentrout, Gina Showalter. Um, yeah, people seem pretty upset about this for sure. Is an imprint like a subdivision of yeah yeah okay so like harper collins is like a really big publisher and then Inkyard right, it's like Press, under the umbrella yeah totally i mean it sucks that they're laying people off that's first of all really lame obviously and i think like definitely go support these authors while this transitionary period is happening for sure everybody like i mean it sounds like from the publisher statement like they're having issues and they're just trying to kind of like consolidate into a children's division that harper collins kind of already had put together i'm just kind of wondering if they're gonna keep like the same kind of like diverse authorship and stories in that children's division that's like what i'm kind of like wondering about yeah like what their whole goal for is it yeah what their goal is for it like large scheme like where they want the dust to settle in and stuff yeah it sounds it, like they have some monetary issues so they need right. to cut back forces but like yeah. But is it? But are you still gonna be promoting and publishing the same books, you guys? Like, make sure you're doing. I mean, I understand to a certain extent maybe consolidating stuff if you're a big company and you feel like one of your divisions isn't doing. Great. I mean, I guess like on paper that's a thing that all companies have to deal with. But I don't know, just like an imprint like this that's kind of like known for putting out a certain kind of book that you don't really see a whole lot. Right. Like it had a commitment to like diverse books and authors. Yeah, that was like, like its thing. And then they're like, hey, actually, <laughs> actually, we're not doing that anymore. Uh, we have a children's division uh, and we're it's like definitely we only like large bills, though, <laughs> not diverse on the money. <laughs> but Sorry. yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'm going to kind of keep up on this. This is a interesting development in the publishing world. It's also interesting because I felt like YA middle grade like does really well. Uh, I was so going I to say, like, how bad of a do you need to run a company in order to like <laughs> fail within like I mean, one of the greatest book renaissances of the last like like 50 years right like we've been crushing these last three or four years or at least the book industry has and they're like ow but we have not been i don't really know much about that specific arm of the publishing industry where it is as far as like how they cut costs and things like that so i don't know what costs they're really cutting if like it sounds like they're cutting YA books. <laughs> like yeah, there's like a children's. Weird. I know. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like, like a cash cow. I mean, I thought it was. Yeah. The big five in publishing, right? There's like Penguin Random House, Hatchet Book Group, HarperCollins, Simon and & Schuster, and Macmillan. And HarperCollins, they're one of those five. They have more than 4,000 employees. So yeah. I wonder if they're trying to like absorb it into one of their other imprints. There was a really big dust up like a year or so ago where like two of the, like, I, I can't remember. I'm so sorry, people listening, but I, I can't remember exactly what companies it was. And if you remember. Evan can't remember something? What? <laughs> if, and if you're yelling into your phone right now, I'm sorry, but. There was like an issue where um, two, I think one of the big five was like trying to acquire 
another one. Ooh. I guess it never, I don't think it happened. There's still the big five, but people were calling it the big four for a little while because it was an issue because it was just like, okay, we can't have like, if, <laughs> if this happens once, it's going to have, it's going to keep happening. And then there's just going to be like <laughs> one big giant publisher. That's just like, bah, 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 I publish all the books like, and we you call know. this a monopoly and it is not good for anyone. <laughs> right. Like, especially considering, I mean, you know, especially like in an art community like this, um, where words are so important, different people's stories are so important. You know, like having a diverse range of publishers is a really good thing for readers and for authors and for people whose stories you don't necessarily hear those stories getting told. So like having everything under like one giant umbrella is just kind of like sketchy, you know, because all it takes is one decision where they're like, eh, we're not going to put any Tracy D on books on this. Eh, whatever. It's, eh, you know, and right. it's just it's just kind of like a slippery things. slope. I don't know. I'll, I'll keep everybody updated if, we, if, if more news breaks out about this or more information. I kind of scoured the internet, like looking for information on uh, HarperCollins end. And they definitely, this seemed to be kind of their statement. They're just, they're cutting costs. So there's probably a deeper story here. And if uh, there's any updates, I'll definitely keep everybody updated. Uh, good news item, though. It definitely got like a little real in there. Yeah. But I mean, it's informative. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> so, it's a little... Happy Monday, everyone. <laughs> I thought it was interesting, okay? It was interesting. It really was. It really was. Tell me about your week. What have you been up to? Oh man, I'm so sorry. Uh, I haven't I haven't finished anything this week. It's okay. I didn't finish Bro, anything. You've been okay, Evan, let me just tell everyone. You've been under a lot of stress. When Evan does something, he does something hard, which is why his book is good, which is why his podcast is good, which is why his channels of content are really good. And he puts a lot of himself into it. And so when he puts it out into the world, and maybe gets a little bit of stressed <laughs> and uh you've been a little stressed about your book going out into the world today beta readers and all that and so uh yeah i feel you man you've been uh you've been under a lot so yeah hating on you. so uh if anybody's listening right now and hasn't heard the news uh, i got a literary agent this week uh, his name is seth fishman he works for the gernert company uh, he represents uh, Susan Liu. He represents Django Wexler. I think he's worked with Becky Chambers. There's a lot of really great authors at the Gernard Company. I sent him, well, I'll, I'll tell the full story because a few people have already kind of asked me about the process and I want to be transparent with everybody. So basically what happened is um, I was on a live on TikTok, gosh, like a year and a half ago or something like that. This is like a few months into me i started angie kills a king for nanowrimo a national novel writing month in november of 2021 in like january seth fishman was in one of my lives and he said hey i was like talking about writing and he was like hey you should send me whatever you got so i freaked out and um i I freaked out. <laughs> I, I, and uh, I had never gotten hit up by anybody like that before. So looked at the manuscript I had. And I it remember was, that night. It was, it was unfinished. And so I just wrote it all. I just wrote the whole thing. It was like so great. It was so bad. It was like 50,000 words. And so I sent it to him. And I was like fairly confident about it. That was it. it. I thought it was pretty cool. And I sent it to him. And he got back to me like, a couple days later. And he was like, man, like this needs a lot of work. Like this is not... Like you need to revise everything. Like I, there's there's so many problems with this, and so I was like, ah, damn. Like okay, well, I guess I'll work on it. And then for the next year and a half, I you know I I put it down for a little bit, and I was working on some other projects and stuff. I got kind of far with another thing that I really liked, and finally, for some reason, like three or four months ago, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start grinding on 
and she kills the king again because i feel like that's the that's a good one like that's the one that i feel the most confident about right now i feel like i could end it oh, really well and so i started really getting after it with the with the revisions and i sent chad like a, a few different versions of it and chad was gracious enough to read over it and give me some advice on what i should do especially in the very beginning it was fun i yeah. was really like kind of honored to be involved in the creative yeah. process and i've never read a book before with the like idea that i could influence it so it was kind of cool to yeah. look at it with like a oh but this and this and idea and idea and i'm an idea man so like like one out of every 30 is good but i just like i got oh, them, you've so. got them you got I'll the ideas <laughs> yeah. so uh i got it to a place at least the first like three chapters i was like this is solid like I've, I'm, I'm into this so you know i had revised the whole book and then i went back and did another run through and then really revised those first three chapters and then i sent them to seth just randomly and then he got back to me and he was like this is great like this is awesome where's the rest of it Shit um i'll get it to you in two weeks and so <laughs> i don't know why i said two weeks and so, i'm an idiot <laughs> so then yeah so then i revised the rest of the book in two weeks while doing this podcast stuff did, did working you, a part-time job twice yeah i did revise it twice yeah um and then i sent I know, him i read it twice. and then like on the day that i told him i'd have it for him i sent it to him and then i waited a week with crickets with nothing except for like one email where he was like, I'm enjoying it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Uh, I even made I was a- like, it's all bad. <laughs> I think you might've heard uh, everybody listening in the last, and maybe not the last episode, but the episode before it, I can't remember. Time is just completely uh, mercurial at this point for me, but- Mercurial, nice word drop. Thank you. Uh, I was, I've been in kind of a weird fugue state, but I, I sent it to Seth and uh, he got back to me a week later and said, I'd like to officially offer you representation. Here's a big giant list of issues I have with this, but it's very good. I'm, I'm, I want to represent this because this book is solid. He said it was fun. He said it, it, it was, I don't even remember what the email said. said I, basically like, all of the things that I had said, Evan, like two <laughs> weeks true. earlier, and it was Chad. really validating. <laughs> yeah, I sent Chad the email and Chad was just like, bro, I told you all of this. I and then I, I also totally about me. <laughs> I also just got feedback from a, another beta reader, uh, Stephen, who echoed a lot of what Seth had said, too. So it's really nice uh, when you're going through this editorial and revisionary process to get a lot of the same feedback, because then it's like, OK, that's definitely a thing. Like, that's definitely a thing I need to fix. And then I've gotten some other feedback, too, from other beta readers who are very excited about it, who said that they couldn't put it down. They read it in one day, which is always awesome. I saw some people in the Discord being like, I sent you the, my notes on it, which was which was heartening to hear. I was like, all right, cool. He's getting some feedback. Yep, I'm getting some feedback. Uh, so right now I'm on a deadline. Uh, Seth told me to have the submission draft ready for him by the middle of August. So that is what I've been doing. I have been reading... A little bit because i love reading so much i mean like i'm never gonna like what does this not be reading draft mean for those of us not in the industry? it means that i'm i'm going back over it and fixing the issues that are in like some major issues obviously there's some line to line stuff but i feel like for the most part my writing is fairly clean it is there's some ways to tighten up the prose there's a lot of like pet words that i use which is like every author does that you know what i mean so there's just like everybody's like nodding their head all the time and just just weird stuff where it's like oh, i don't know like the, the the character needs like a an action beat between the dialogue right and it's like not always pretty you've actually, got some rude gestures of actually your own built i in don't there. i don't have a, a single vulgar vulgar gesture no, vulgar that's right vulgar gesture excuse me it's been a pretty cool process i mean like yeah in the spirit of full transparency this was the first 
I, I didn't even have a query letter sent to anybody. Like I, I, and I know that it's my platform. And what is a query like letter I'm, for those of us not in the industry? A query letter is basically when you, uh, yeah, this is probably helpful for anybody that's got a draft that they're trying to send out. Basically a query letter is you get like an, a list of agents together, agents, you know, so you look up who's the agent for Scott Lynch or who's the agent for Brandon Sanderson, or you can look up these agents online. And then if it says on their website that they're accepting manuscripts, uh, quite a few agents are like Seth is accepting manuscripts. Seth wants me to tell everybody to go <laughs> to go hit him up. A query letter is basically, you know, you saying this is what my book is about. Hey, a little bit about me. I'm looking for representation. Here you go. Don't write those words. Like like write it a lot more professionally than, Be than safe what to say I it's just like said. the cover letter for the kind of, resume kind of, for of like a resume. Sort of? Yeah, it's basically okay. like it's like saying like okay, here's the elevator pitch. This is what it's about. This is about me. This is what I've got going on. You know, it's it's a way of saying Hey, like, please look at this. This is what you're in for, you know? And then if they're interested, they'll take a look at what you've done. And so I didn't do that though. And I know, and I was, I just mentioned this um, before, but I know it's my platform. Like I'm very aware of it. I want to get, I want to nip that in the bud uh, before, well, <laughs> like I, I wrote a good book. It. it is, but it's a big part of it. I, I, the, the, the reason, and maybe not the reason that Seth wants to work with me um or the the sole reason seth wants to work with me i even got hit up by a few other agents actually after i announced on social media (laughs) but like obviously i've got a big platform and i can sell some books right right? so that's that's a that's attractive in and of itself and i just wanted to be like very transparent and self-aware and say i'm aware that i had an easier time of this process because of the platform now i did build up the platform over two years and you right. know what i mean like, and like let's not work, sell yourself short like, on the work to build yeah, the platform. I, I did a lot of work for that but what ultimately ended up happening was that i what I, I did have a big enough platform that i got in contact with seth fishman of the gurner company and you know what i mean so i just want to like keep that really really clear you know what i mean but i want to remind everyone of a previous part of the story where even with your platform you submitted the manuscript and it was rejected so there is certainly was, a yeah. level of competence yeah. and skill in book craft that must that a book must be regardless of platform in order to be accepted at least right. by those who are worth their salt in the industry so uh don't sell yourself short no no i mean and the reason that i book, stuck too. with the first agent that i talked to was not because i was like desperate for an agent or anything or what anything like that it was mostly it's mostly because when i I've, I've interviewed seth here on the podcast him and i have talked on the phone multiple times before he had offered me representation it's like my friend, you know what I mean? Like, it, right. it's like you trust him. And that's, and that's a big deal with agents too, is like when we talked and uh, the first time we ever talked on the phone or the first time we ever uh, talked on zoom for the interview, I mean, we talked for like an hour on either side of that interview. Wow. And I was just, I felt really comfortable talking with him. He seemed extremely genuine. Like he knows what he's talking about. The edits that he's given me and like advice that he's given me on stuff has been very good. He's been really blunt with me too, which like, ow a, a little bit sometimes you know what i mean like he's been extremely blunt with me but that's like kind of what i'm looking for in this kind of Absolutely. relationship so when the time came i was kind of just like yeah this guy's great like why and you don't i mean and in, with agents like you don't have to like there's no bidding wars for agents you know what i mean like i i just 
went with the one I went with my gut and I went with someone I felt really comfortable representing me. So I know that's a very long winded little spiel I just gave, but I wanted everybody to know like what that process was like for me. Uh, it was very nerve wracking before I got hit up for representation. I had considered doing another rewrite, <laughs> like just like completely dismantling. I had like a whole, oh my gosh. Like I had just like a whole, I, I was like, oh, all of this needs to change. Like I need oh to really, and, and I almost started doing it. So glad you didn't. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't too, because I would just, I would have torn it all up and I would just be like, it'd be, it'd be sitting with like a bunch of Legos all over the place. And after I had just built this thing, you know, and I'm sure maybe down the line um, when I've got projects, other projects that I'm working on, I will, you know, even like, remember when Christopher Paolini was on here and he said that he mm -hmm. was like, he was like, what was it? Like 200,000 words or something like that into To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. And then he told us that if you hadn't, if you didn't listen to that episode, Christopher Paolini, author of all the inheritance books, when he wrote To Sleep in a Sea of Stars, apparently he had already gotten through the first draft into the revisions. And then he basically started over from scratch. Yeah, he After he like, wrote, eh, like, it's nah. like an 800 page book. It's ridiculous. It's such a long. A I think 800 pages is definitely more than 200,000 words. However many thousand words it was, it was a lot. And he completely started from the ground and did it all again. And I'm sure maybe I'll have to do that again. But this whole process was definitely, I had severe anxiety um, and I was having a lot of trouble sleeping, a lot of trouble like focusing on stuff for the last few weeks. So, like, my reading has definitely taken a pretty big hit. I wish it hadn't because I'm reading some really amazing stuff right now, but I've just been like staring at words so much lately and um, critiquing them. Like second guessing every decision. Yeah, it's like kind of a case of plumber's pipes. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm just kind of, have you heard that, that phrase? No, I don't know that phrase. It's like a phrase that means like just because something is your profession or just because you do something all the time doesn't mean you're really good at it or you know it's like a like a plumber a plumber would have like crappy pipes in his house you uh, know what i mean oh got it because okay, okay. it's like he's not going to bring his work home with him uh, okay, and like okay. do that when he, you know what i mean so yeah, it's yeah, um yeah. so like for me lately with reading sit down and relax with a book it's actually been a little bit difficult for me lately because, because it reminds you of your book and you're like well i should be working on that and yeah i'm like critiquing like every sentence that i read because I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of in that mode you know what i mean and it's it's like sometimes it. it's really sometimes it's really great and it's really uh, reassuring because um i'll be reading something and i'm like that's kind of a clunky sentence and it's like well yeah evan because there's like a billion sentences in this book some of them are going to be clunky just like with your book you know like some of the sentences when it gets published it's gonna it's gonna slip through the cracks you know what i mean because editors get fatigued everybody gets fatigued and they're not just gonna catch every little thing i remember <laughs> snape is spelled snap in one of the uh it's like nobody caught that and how many times do you think people well, read it's worth money i think i have that one actually do you really yeah no, um, i think it's like a not like rare or anything but like it's a first edition uh, yeah i have a first edition it. of uh half blood i think it's in half blood prince i could be wrong it doesn't matter what i'm saying though is like what i'm reading i've been just having a little bit of trouble slipping into it but i have been reading some before stuff before we move on from your book i think i can speak for the thousands of us by saying we are so proud of you and all the stress and work that you're putting into it is so worth it and uh we're we're here for the journey as your partner in crime and cast i'm here for the journey and i'm super proud of you man you made a very good thank book. you yeah now you can talk about other stuff oh well thank you uh well before i talk about all the books that i've read or tried to read this week yeah seriously everybody that's listening thank you seriously thank you so much this really is a dream come true for me. Everything has been a little bit surreal and this might not even pan out. I have no idea, but I have gotten this far and I seriously, seriously wouldn't have been able to do it without all of you and like the encouragement. I have not gotten a single comment 
on anything that I've posted from me talking about this, not one piece of negative commentary on this entire process that I've talked about this. It is, I can't tell you how amazing Pretty that is. Pretty incredible. Like, it really is because it I get really negative is. commentary on everything. Yeah. <laughs> like every time I post an opinion, people are like, you're an idiot. You should never make stuff like go away. With this, I, it's, it's been all like, why not just do it? Hell yeah, we're with you. You know what I mean? And if you're listening right now and, you, and you're curious about the book, I hope you like it. I really, really do. I, I like it a lot. It's something that I felt like I, I like wanted it. to read. But if you don't, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like you are totally entitled to your opinion. I'm not going to crack down on you in the comments and like... Use your platform to swing bats. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do any of that stuff. This is a piece of art that I believe in and it's not going to resonate with everybody and that's totally okay. And you better bet we are going to have a podcast episode about it where we... We should. Yeah, we should and recap and, and discuss it. it. <laughs> I would love to do that. Yeah, that would be a really fun episode. But yeah, I mean, if you if you end up buying it and it's not it's not your bag then, you know, that's totally cool. I hope you get the next one and uh, maybe that one will be, you know, but uh, maybe none of it will. <laughs> that's totally okay too. Uh, but yeah, on to what I've been able to read this week. So I'm reading uh, Half a World by Joe Abercrombie, book two in the Shattered Sea trilogy. Oh, I forgot you were reading those. Yeah, we're covering them on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it. Not not loving it. Really? Like it's, I, I don't, There's there's nothing like specific about it that I'm not like, I just, I don't know. It's just not like, ah, like it's just... <laughs> hey, you should have read them over the course of like four I... days because they just would have read yeah, the high I the whole... <laughs> Yeah, I should have read them. You're really good at reading books really fast, actually, Chad. Like, I'm bad at it. I've learned when things have my attention, they either have 110% of my attention or they have 0% <laughs> of my yeah. attention, which can be very detrimental sometimes. And also like really cool. But also very good in other yeah. things like crushing book series. So, uh... So yeah. yeah, it's it's aided me and hindered me in in its unique way. <laughs> I don't have any real problems with um the Shattered Sea stuff. I think yeah, it's just it's just not the kind of stuff I'm trying to read right now, but there's a lot good about it and we're going to make episodes about all three books obviously. Um but and I'm only like I don't know, like halfway through half the okay. world. So I'm kind of in like the second act, you know, and like but I think I just need to finish out the book and then read the next one and we'll have like a full opinion about how I feel about the series. Uh, I'm but I mean to the ending. Yeah, I mean, like, great writing, you know, obviously. It's Joe Abercrombie. Uh, I'm also reading Morningstar. I like Morningstar. It's very good. It's yeah. uh, I forgot how much I liked it, because uh, Golden Sun was just like this one big held breath and just go, 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 go. Smash go. of a story, just beating the hell out of you as you go yeah. through it. But then with Morningstar, it's like a little little vibier, you know? Yeah. Little, 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 <laughs> I guess it's not, I mean, it's like, I associate it's vibey horrible. With like yeah. Like chilling on the I, beach with like an umbrella drink. Yeah, and nothing not about a, this okay. book is that it's Maybe like vibe torture. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot but of that. It's you know it what I mean breath. though? It's like it, exactly like, like it, it, it like lets a breath out. It's yeah, it's actually pretty it's actually pretty horrible, everything <laughs> pretty that's happening horrible. in it. But it's very different. Like yeah. each book is so unique in the way that it comes across. Like most books, I feel like come they take three books to accomplish what these books do in one, each one. And it's really impressive. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool. I like the Red Rising books a lot. I'm interested because I've heard very mixed things about Iron Gold, the fourth yeah. book, but I've heard Dark Age is amazing. So apparently Iron Gold is kind of like the black sheep of the series right now. But I don't know, because I've heard takes that people didn't like Morningstar and I'm loving it on my reread. I can see, though, coming off the high 
that is golden, golden sun, sun. yeah, yeah. Totally. and then being like what this book's like you said a little vibey for lack of a better term it it takes a little bit of a breather and i could see people yeah. being like wow like i'm not getting the heck beaten out of me by this story what the hell is going I don't know, on man i needed so, a break after golden dude, i know <laughs> i know i thought it was a nice reprieve um so i haven't started valor yet chad and i just recorded our episode for malice to today so you should f- uh, get that tomorrow tuesday uh, that should be out for you. If not Tuesday, then Wednesday, but probably Tuesday. It's a pretty long episode. I was going to say, how long was it? It was pretty it was long. an hour and 38 minutes, but Ooh, after nice. edits, after edits might be down to like one, like an hour 25. Recap, like solid 45 minutes of it. Yeah. And we, and <laughs> in the episode, Chad and I talk about how we probably could have gone for like three hours about yeah. it, but we didn't want to. And we decided we're going to split up the Faithful and the Fallen books into two episodes per book. And I wish we had decided to do that for the first book because the recap is super long and kind of convoluted. There's so many things that happen in those books. Chad and I weren't really prepared for like how the scope of the, the Faithful and the Fallen. We just didn't know. Yeah, so we sat down to do the know. episode one night and then we we're like, let's write the recap. And then two hours later, we're like, man... <laughs> I still got like an hour left in my part. How yeah. are you doing? Because we kind of divided it up by characters. So we could both write character recaps and combine them at the end. We both had a few hours left of work in us. So we're like, let's finish up and do this tomorrow. So, yeah. And we had to get our notes together and everything. And, um, you know, Chad and I, a lot of times with series, like with the Shattered Sea books, we're just kind of going off the cuff. Like with the Dark Elf books that we did, we were just kind of like, we didn't even have, I don't think either of us had any notes. We were just like talking about it. But, with and it's not because we don't think that the episode merits a good conversation we still have one but when a series is really complicated like something like faithful in the fallen we kind of do have to get our stuff in order just so that it kind of saves on the editing side so if yeah. if i'm like hey what happened with this character and chad's like dude that character was right. that's, that's not even place. the right yeah like that's <laughs> not even the right you're not even talking about the right thing so we have to get all that together so who are we kidding it would definitely happen the other way <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to be charitable. so gracious i love you evan so much <laughs> you're so nice thank you um so yeah still reading fellowship of the ring loving it nothing really to say about it except that it's just where are you at right, uh, uh gandalf gandalf died uh well no. he didn't die but that's why uh, we've been so stressful i know yeah i read the casa doom part um but now now they're on the river which is nice. a pretty boring part of that book <laughs> yeah eating lembas bread and gimli's it's like fine. it's Galadriel. fine yeah uh, and then oh, uh, still reading uh, Dungeon Crawler Carl, uh, kind of just really, like, really slowly making I barely read that this week, but it's awesome. Like, it's very different than other stuff I've read. I think Lit RPG is going to be one of those things that I slowly get it, kind of like with manga, where mm-hmm. I kind of like read something that people would consider one of the best ones. And it like took me a second. And then once I had kind of immerse myself into it it's like now i want to read everything yeah i think just like our approach on faithful and the fallen with things like that uh lit rpg and manga it's like better to not take my approach and do like a slow but steady wins the race sort of approach and not smash and bang all the same i mean it just depends on the mood you're in you know for that Um, so still reading claymore claymore is awesome yeah so just kind of picking at stuff uh so I wanted to tell everybody this, uh, just so you get an idea of how chaotic reading can be sometimes. I started another series. That's... Writing one or reading one? No, reading. Yeah. Oh, okay. I started reading another series because of course four just wasn't enough. You know? I like how you started this uh, from being like, well, guys, I barely read at all. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I haven't read like, like I've read a lot of different stuff, but like not a lot of volume. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, I haven't read like hundreds and hundreds of pages, but I have read a lot of fool's errand the first book of the tawny man trilogy Ooh. by robin hobb i don't know what happened man i don't know i know i've got all this other stuff to read 
We need to read when women were dragons. Finally, oh for gosh. our Patreon. I know I that Patreon. I'm sorry. Oh my god, Patreon, you are the coolest people in the entire it. world. Thank you for being so patient with us. But Fool's Errand is so boring and so awesome. And I love it so much. And uh, uh, Robin Hobb, I know we gush about Robin Hobb constantly on this podcast, okay. but man, there is nothing like reading a Robin Hobb book. It's like there's a, there's, there's already been multiple points where I've gotten choked up. And I'm only like 200 pages into the first book. And it's so boring. Like nothing is happening. But it's so... <laughs> it's if, if you've read Tawny Man and you're listening and you read Tawny Man, it takes a while for... I don't want to give anything away. But you're in like one spot for a while. <laughs> I just love Robin Hobbs so much. He's just like, this is the way I saw it. This is the way I'm doing it. I don't care. I don't care. Like this is, this is, my, this is my work. And it's just, this is what it looks like. This is how it reads. I don't care. And I'm going to, I'm going to hit you over the head with your own emotions and it's going to suck and you're going to be sad. And I just really wanted it. You know, uh, I think it's probably you being like floundering a little bit and like reading a ton of any of the normal reads and you just like defaulting to, I feel like you're going to default to like Sanderson Abercrombie. Oh, I thought or, about, yeah, no, uh, I really thought about reading some Sanderson. Yeah, I thought about yeah, starting yeah. Mistborn again. <laughs> um, but then I remembered we're gonna read we're gonna read Mistborn on the podcast at yeah, some point. Yeah, I'm actually soon. really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's gonna be super cool, man. I can't wait for the fifth Stormlight book to come out because we're gonna go oh. Stormlight crazy on this podcast. Dude, I yeah. haven't read the last two that have come out. Wait, you ever wait, read no. Oathbringer? I've read no, I've read Oathbringer. I've read one, two, three. Yeah, so there's me only too. one that's yeah. come out. Right, we then, both yeah, haven't yeah. read Rhythm of War, which I've yeah. heard mixed things about. I haven't. I've heard it's like the weakest of the series so far. Really, I've been but, kind of avoiding even hearing about it. Uh, so I've heard Rhythm of War is like okay hmm. but i have a feeling it would it'll be better stacked next to the fifth one which i can't okay. remember the name of the fifth one but yeah we'll we'll see we'll see about that i'm curious because i don't know sanderson i like me some sanderson <laughs> i like me some sanderson man. um but yeah so i, I think you're kind of right though i kind of defaulted and um i just wanted to read some robin hobb i don't yeah. know what it was like um, i mean if there's anyone to default to mm. Yeah, Robin, Robin Hobb is great. Yeah, if you're listening, you never read any Robin Hobb. Go pick up Assassin's Apprentice. You yeah. will not be sorry you did. I think I've recommended Assassin's Apprentice more than any other book in my time on the internet. That's got to be it, probably. I think I've probably recommended that one the most. And um, I even made a meme about it for my uh, Instagram subs. <laughs> it's just nothing like her, man. No, it really, really is. She's just one of the greats. But yeah, that's about it for me. I mean, I've uh, been playing some Slay the Spire to kind of like chill myself out a little bit and um i've really just been working on this just been working on this book because um i'm gonna say one more thing about this whole process please do and then and then it's and then we're gonna hand it over to you but um, ah, man take it keep going in my mind you know i've got a decent amount of followers and stuff and like i could probably just put it out the way it is right now you know what i mean i've gotten some good feedback about it people seem to like it i could put it out like this and sell some copies you know uh, make a little bit of money and stuff. And yeah, and I don't think that there were any, there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. Right. People no. do that all the time. Like they, they, they self publish and they, they're like, this is great. Like I'm happy with this. I want to put it out and make some money. Um, but in my mind, you know, I kind of want to, I want to see how good I can make this. Like I want to like, like I really want to push myself here, you know, like I want to, when I, when I turn this in, I want to say, I don't think I could have made that any better. Right. And, and fortunately, and both unfortunately for you, your job 
is reviewing books. So like, you know, a good one when you see one and you know, a bad one and one that's lacking when you see one. So if there's anyone who's going to be like critical about it, not to mention, you're also just kind of a self-critical person to your um, betterment, I think, but um, you know, you're going to know. So I think it's best for you <laughs> that you take the time to make it what you th- know it can be. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I think I didn't really start getting like a really good visual like I've got this, this is like in my head now, you know what I mean? And before mm-hmm. it kind of was, but now it's like, I can really see this like vividly and it's just getting more and more polished up. And so I just like, the reason I say that though, is um, everybody, if you, if you really want to read this, I appreciate that. It might take a little bit. I'm not really sure where publishing is at right now in regard to pu- like debuts, you know, I don't, I would probably be some kind of like mid list, whatever author, like new author, if it did even get published like if it did get bought which it, we don't know if it's going to yet or not but uh if you want to read this you are going to for sure even if this if if i get dropped by the agent and no one wants to publish it you know what i mean i'll still self-publish it and you'll still be able to read it just uh bear with me you know um not only is the process very lengthy even when everything goes right but my process is very lengthy as well so it's just going to take a little bit. Uh, we are all here for it, my man. You take as long as you need. And uh, like I said, I think I can speak for the thousands of people listening to our podcast and supporting you that we all support you and love you and have mm. no uh, yeah. question in our brain as to the uh, outcome. No, question it. Question it, please. Don't. <laughs> nah, you're the only one questioning yourself, my friend. Oh, my God. Don't get your hopes so Which high, is good. Please. You just keep doing you, being a little stress ball, making it perfect. And man, it'll shine, man. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh my god. That's like I was sitting with Effie and if you listen to the Red Rising episodes, doing? Oh, she's she's reading Morningstar right now. Yeah. Oh nice. I mean like, you know, is she like, well, Evan's been a little sad or is she just like Oh uh, yeah, like, she's Stop. been amazing. She's been yeah, amazing. She's yeah. Really she's been awesome. She yeah, I know. She's been very validating. I was talking to Effie and I was kinda like stressing about it and stuff, and she's like, What's the worst that could happen? And I could tell what she was trying to do was like help me work through my feelings of like insecurity and like my uh, my imposter syndrome and stuff and she's like what's the worst that could possibly happen and i laid out like everything that could happen if this was a total <laughs> shit like dud of a book and like just <laughs> and she was like oh yeah actually that'd be pretty bad and i was like yeah it would be really bad like <laughs> like if i put this out and everybody was just like wow that was trash that didn't make any sense at all this guy like reviews books all the time and then he came out with this like he for somebody that reads so much and then he wrote something this bad and thought it could get published like the only reason it got published is because he somehow grew this big audience around all of his stupid opinions and like all and i just like kept piling on these hypotheticals (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay that's enough oh, for me man, oh my it's god it's not gonna Jeez. happen i can guarantee you because it's a good book i've read it well even if it times. does i know that this sounds kind of like a little woo woo you know but even if that is the situation i'm not gonna stop writing no, i'll keep doing it i'll keep doing it till i'm dead i will keep writing books this and i will never stop good and man. i will keep publishing them i will publish them i will sell them on the street corner i don't care i will keep writing books and i will the keep getting better corner. at it and you'll still yeah. be successful I was pushing pretty hard for a little while before you ended, you know, you have massive connections, which I think you should definitely use. But uh, when Evan first got going, I was like, self-publish, self-publish, because I'm kind of a stick it to the man sort of guy sometimes and a little entrepreneurial in my soul. And so uh, 
but I think you are traveling the correct path. So I'm excited. I, know, there's no, I mean, self-publishing and tra trad publishing both have benefits and, um, you know, trad? Uh, potential pit uh, traditional. Uh, both of them have like their pitfalls. Both of them have their benefits. I don't think one is necessarily better than the other. One's just better for different people than other people. You know what I mean? Um, for me personally, the real big reason I wanted to go traditional was because I want like a team who can help me through this process so I don't have to do everything myself. With self-publishing, you have to do everything yourself. And that's yeah. super respectable because it's a ton of work. Like it's so, so much work. And I've already got like the podcast and I've got all the content that I make and everything. And I'm like trying to write these books so and like I've got all this stuff going on. And I would have self-published if I couldn't find an agent for sure. Right. And I would have gone through that process because I, I don't mind taking on a really big workload. But in my mind, I was like, it'd be so cool if like somebody could just design a cover and then they my agent sees it and he asks me about it and i'm like oh, i don't really like that and then my agent could talk to them and just deal with this stuff um but i'm sure that traditional publishing has scores of its own issues that i don't even know about yet uh, i've been listening to a podcast called publishing rodeo but it's a podcast run by sun yi dean who wrote uh, the book eaters which we actually covered on yeah. here um and it's also co-hosted by scott drakeford who wrote the rise of the mages uh so but uh, in both of them i don't know if you, and if you're a writer you should definitely listen to this podcast it's very very interesting they go over self-publishing they go over trad publishing all this stuff they had they just had um uh, nicholas eames on which was a really great episode i really liked listening to what he had to say about stuff and they kind of just give you like some pretty harsh truths about the industry which you know you kind of want to avoid Right. when you're doing the process but you kind of need to know also if you're so trying if you're to get into the industry you're just like bring me the harsh truth <laughs> yeah i want to know i want to know how bad it can be and um yeah apparently it can get pretty bad you know <laughs> apparently it can get apparently the traditional publishing has really screwed over a lot of people yeah. um it's funny, so you've yeah. gone from the music industry which like mm, has a pretty Oof. dark history as far as screwing over the little guy to publishing yeah. which i think is probably better in the grand scheme of things but like just from what I you're saying, know. maybe, you know, also has its tales of uh, its woes as well, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, I never really got that high up in the music industry. You know, we had like a manager, we had a booking agent, we had, you know, European we, tours under your belt. Yeah, like we were, we were working and doing stuff. But um, I mean, it never got to a point where like, these big record labels were like squeezing us for every dime we had. <laughs> right. and, and But I had heard those stories from other bands, you know, definitely. There were, I won't name any names, but there were definitely some bands like people that I was friends with and like people I talked to, they got screwed. Like really, I mean, like they were marched into a room, told they were going to be the strokes and then they signed a deal and they just lost everything. And like, that, like their music wasn't theirs anymore. And just like horror stories, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't, I mean, I'm sure you can find those kinds of stories with the publishing indus industry as well with any industry, really. I mean, like totally. people just kind of get screwed over a lot of the time which is another reason why I felt uh, I wanted to feel comfortable with the agent that I got and everything. I feel like I've been talking about this way too much. Uh, we should, you know, that's fine, on. but I'll, I'll like, hope you resolve <laughs> with this. It's funny when you were saying this, it struck me as just like, so true. Again, every industry that I dip my toes into, or I learn about, or I hear a person making a life decision or a business decision about who to pick for their publisher or who to in get in bed with when it comes to a business. And it, always comes down to relationship like the statement i know it's like old news of like it's not what you know it's who you know but man that statement is so true and it's not only that but it's how well you know them and like 
the trust that you build with people, like everything, even when you're in like the e-commerce world, like, and it's kind of hard to build relationships with people, man, you better try your darndest because that is the number one thing that will write hand letters to your first hundred customers. You know, it is the number one thing that will help a business go and look at you. You made your decision purely based on the relationship you had with Seth and the trust that you had with him. You know, it's just very true that man relationship is a huge factor. If you want to become successful in anything, build a good one. You know, I really want to hear what you've been doing this week, but I will say one more thing just to everybody listening right now, who's trying to write and trying to get published and trying to do what I've been doing as well, especially when you're in the the phase of drafting and revising and you haven't quite sent anything out to anybody yet, it will take shape if you keep working on it. I promise. Like, I promise it will take shape. You have to keep working on it. You have to finish stuff. Okay. I'm going to be really real with all of you out there right now that are writing stuff. Finish the stuff you're writing. Okay. Seriously, you cannot hand in unfinished manuscripts. You cannot hand in unfinished ideas. Nobody is going to read it. We've had that same advice from multiple authors that we've had on when we ask them about advice and they're like, just finish something like for your own sake, just seriously, something. just get to the end, you know, yeah. and it's gonna, it's, it might not be great. Like it, it certainly hasn't been for, I've got whole projects on my computer that have the end at the end of it. And it's a tire fire. Like it is so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. And I'm scared to go in and revise it because I know how much of a mess it is, but I got to the end. You know what I mean? Like I got, there it's a hundred down hundred thousand words down the line and now i feel a lot more confident it's like even if the ending is bad or even if there's bad parts of your writing now now it's there now you can work on it you know don't get mired into this idea like don't hold writing as this ethereal idea that you need to put on this like creative pedestal because it's not it's not on that pedestal it is it it really is a craft just like anything else and the more you do it the better you're going to get at it i yep. promise you i can't promise you that you'll get representation i can't promise you that you'll get published but i can promise that you'll feel better about the craft that you're working on if you keep doing it even when you don't want to because i really don't want to a lot of the time like seriously don't want i i don't know i don't know how this book got written like <laughs> like i didn't want to so much more often than i did I did. I felt inspired like three times, like while I was writing this book, the rest of it was just regular work. Like I was washing dishes in a restaurant, you know, and it's not very glamorous. I wish it was like, I wish that I was just sitting with a typewriter and a glass of whiskey. And I was like, a book, 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 book. And it's just, it's not, it's not even close to how that happened. Like, I think I had like a few moments where I was like, aha, I'll just do that. But it came after days and weeks and months of just toiling weird second act doldrums and not knowing why anybody was doing anything even though i had written it down earlier a few quotes come to mind the first one is i forget who says it but someone says you know it seems like the harder i work the luckier i become Um, and the other one is written on the front page of one of my notebooks that i write down like things that i'm trying to accomplish and it says it's from steve jobs and it says i'm convinced that about half of what separates the successful entrepreneurs from the non-successful ones is pure perseverance just keep going yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to quit? Yeah. Quit. You're going to stop? Nah. Why? Nah. Why would you stop? Like, why? Why? I mean, there's no reason to. <laughs> if you, like, you got into it because you love it. If you, if you can really sit yourself down and say, I don't like this, you know, well, yeah, if you've you never it. liked it. Yeah. If you've never liked then it, stop. 
then stop. But I, if especially if you're just starting out, you're just starting out writing, like seriously, I did, I, I was looking for this feeling for a long time and I didn't get it for a little while, but I finally did get it. And the feeling is feeling of like total, it's, it's such a rush when you write a scene and you're kind of proud of that scene. And then you write another scene and you're pretty proud of that. And both of them work together. Like when I did that for the first time, it was huge. It was such a big deal to me because it was like, I just do that over and over again. And that enough times a book makes. Exactly. Yeah. Talk about you. I've been talking about myself for okay, like an hour. I'll take oh it away from God. you. Here. Thank uh, you everybody for listening to that. We Jeez. love hearing about it, Evan. Keep it coming. Uh, okay, so let's see here. I'm really excited to start Valor. I'll just start there. Morningstar, we talked about it a little bit. Super loving it. It's different. And like I said, man, I'm just so impressed by Pierce Brown and his ability to pack three books into one and just have like this, where it begins and where these books ends are where I don't think they're, they progress <laughs> so much farther than I think that they're going to in one book. He's a really amazing writer too. He's an amazing yeah. writer. Yeah, I kind of feel like- good. I know you hate the word underrated. Let me just say this. I personally don't think that he gets enough accolades within the writer sphere because I, th- his, I think his books are kind of cornered into focusing on how adult. pretty he is. Yeah, is he really pretty? Oh, have you not seen a picture of Pierce Brown? No, not at all. I'm looking him up right now. You should look up a picture of Pierce Brown. Pierce, if you're listening right now, I'm sorry. It we're objectifying is. you right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, how debonair. Yeah, he's a very, wow, very a attractive person. Guy. He's kind of yeah. got one of those faces like uh, Daniel Craig that like at one point in his life, yeah, he like exactly. got into a knife fight, but he looks so much more handsome because of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What I want to stay up. Beauty. I want to stay up all night drinking whiskey with Pierce Brown. Yeah, yeah, not too much whiskey though. <laughs> no, we'll see how much whiskey it takes. Okay, keep going. I've been saying too many words. Okay, so misery, I'm not very far into it. I keep like picking it up and then just being like, ah, tomorrow, King. <laughs> and I'm I don't not like it. I'm just like more into the other things that I'm reading right now. Yeah. And so I don't know. Uh, I finished um Beware of Chicken though. Oh, cool. Okay, oh, yeah. That book. I had this little wave of like, all right, I'm going to read this because a listener who was very awesome and a big member of our community sent it to me. It was like, read this. I need validation that it's not terrible. And I was like, I'm here <laughs> for you, man. I got this. And he also sent me a really cool uh, He Who Fights With Monsters notebook. And so I was like, I got to listen to this audiobook that he sent me. And so it started off real cool. And then I started getting POV chapters from the chicken and and I was like, what's going on? Like, I've never had a like farm animal POV before. Then the chicken got to be like super cool. And I started really looking forward to, to the chicken <laughs> chapters. And he like, it's slapstick, but it's also like the chicken makes very good points. And he's kind of wise. Like he kind of becomes the like, like master. The mentor figure. Yeah. I mean, kind of like he sees the man as the mentor figure figure. But I feel like the chicken spends a lot more time like uh imparting wisdom yeah imparting wisdom and sitting there and like manifesting his greatness and like lining up his chi and uh meditating and just becoming one with the world and he has a lot to teach um <laughs> so i was listening by the end of the book i was definitely in tune with the chicken and wary because wow that chicken can bring some hurt to the table <laughs> as well i loved it i really 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 loved it it kind of has like more violent legends and lattes vibes it's like yeah i think um when i had uh travis on here yeah um he he had mentioned he, he did the audio chicken yeah oh he did oh yeah, wow. yeah he okay, read cool. it yeah okay. which oh, was cool okay. i was like oh travis Mulgrew. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. And so it was nice to listen to his voice, which he did a phenomenal job. And it's very like you think it's like the opposite, like as opposed to he like starts in a school and then is very quickly like, I'm out. I'm going to go farming. And it's like the opposite story of what normally happens in the books. And it's just great and awesome and warm and cozy and delightful. And if you're just like, man, I need something kind of lighthearted that's not going to get me down, that will like make me laugh, but also think a little bit um, that's not fully a joke book. It's like taking itself lightly because it's humorous and funny, but it's also like serious too. Oh yeah. And well-written. I would read Beware of Chicken because it's super great. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you, Kevin, for sending me that also. Oh, I finished another He Who Fights with Monsters, like the fifth or sixth one. I don't even know. They're all just like which one you're with on monsters. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I love them all. I love them all. The world is expanding. They're getting better. My man is leveling up. It's just awesome. You should if you should read those also. Read Beware of Chicken first because it's smaller, and then go read the like nine he who fights with monsters because you will not not enjoy them so i decided to treat myself a little bit this week i had some barnes and noble gift cards like like four dollars here and three dollars here and ten dollars here just like old ones laying around and i was like i'm gonna coagulate these all maybe take a few inches off of my wallet and go to barnes and noble and do what i used to do take myself down old history oh, road treated yourself yeah because what i used to do and i there was for the longest time i never had a book on my bookshelf that i hadn't read i was proud that every book on my bookshelf i had read because i would finish a book and then i would go to barnes and noble and i would buy another one and then i'd bring it home and read it and then i would go and just like rinse and repeat rinse and repeat and i would always go to barnes and noble find one usually the cover that enticed me and then like read the back cover i was like cool and then i would go over get myself some like ice water and i little like coffee drink if it was winter and sit down and read the book and if i liked it within like the first 20 or 30 pages depending on how close to like closing time i was so i wasn't being rude i would then purchase it and go home with it and so i did that and just so nice to go down history road and like actually be in the bookstore and because we get sent so many books now that after like week two of the podcast i was like there's no way i can keep up my pride <laughs> yeah, of having totally. read every book like i don't know if i've read half of the books on my bookshelf now i would have to be i would have to be locked in this room yeah. with food and water for like two years to finish all these books and that is not a statement to be interpreted as like don't send me more books no no send us books send yeah me books. send it us is, if mm-hmm. if you have the means please send us books. the wind in my sails man <laughs> yeah i i'm always excited to get books but i picked out a book and it is so good so far so it's written by gareth hanrahan and it's called the sword defiant look at this look at this cover oh that's awesome looking yeah, wow damn awesome. that looks i've never seen that before and what got me was a couple weeks ago I, or maybe like a month or two ago now time and all that is hard. But I remember someone asking us, like, what do you want to see more of in books? And I was like, sentient weapons. And within like page five, this guy's like full conversation with his sword. Who's like super evil. And the sword's like, you are my handler. And I we will like wrath evil deeds. And he's like, no, I'm like your babysitter. Because if anyone else has you, you will like take over <laughs> the world. Because uh, he has a super evil dark sword. Who's always trying to get him to like commit acts. And in That's the middle really- of fights he'll name of it he'll change his weight so we can't like use it um it's called the sword defiant and at the top it says the sword cares not who it cuts (laughs) lands of the firstborn it's an interesting take because it's like the main character is one of nine legendary like heroes that saved the world like way back in time but he's like kind of in his older years now and he's like ah him hawing around some of the party died saving the world a while back you know and he's like what am i doing with my life a little bit down and apparently the darkness is rising again and he must uh 
unfurl his blade <laughs> and get to a cutting and it's shaping up to be good i'm only like 50 or 60 pages into it because i just got it two days ago but i'm really enjoying what i have read of it so far and it has a sentient sword so yeah this is cool yeah i'm gonna keep an eye on this this is awesome yeah sword cares not who it cuts right (laughs) oh man it's real good it's real good oh what a cover i know the cover doesn't that guy kind of look like vigo mortensen a little bit that's why like facing away (laughs) <laughs> yeah he really does and that sword is like it'll like take it out sometimes and look at right in that like eyeball thing on the hilt looks kind of like yeah. an eye and like look at it inside when he's really trying to like impart a message to him you know it's great <laughs> i'm making it sound like it's funny but it's a pretty dark read so far um, <laughs> but i am really enjoying it and i will keep you posted on how it goes uh another thing that i did this week that was really cool um so i like edit a lot of audio right and like i've been trying out for a lot of audiobooks and one night like four or five nights ago i was like using my eq and putting some compression on like one of my additions and i was like man i know how to use these tools to make my voice sound better but i don't really know what they're doing and so i was like i'm going back to audio publishing school and i dove deep and learned a whole lot more about like audio mixing and mastering and like certainly no maestro by any means but i'm way more knowledgeable about like what I'm actually doing to my voice. And that has allowed me to kind of like take it to the next level. I feel like um, in some of the audio books that I've been trying out for. And so I immediately like took down all of my samples that I had on my little profile and was like, no, these are all garbage and redid them. And then the next day, something really cool happened. And I, for the first time I was contacting like, Normally I find books and I submit an audition to the um, author. And the next day after I did all of this deep dive, I had an author reach out to me and was like, Hey, I really like your samples. They're super quality. And I think you'd be really good for my book. It's like this French murder mystery romance novel, but they might be time travelers. I'm not actually sure the audition kind of hinted at it, but she reached out to me and was like, Hey, I like your voice. I like your work. I want you to try out for one of my books, which was really cool and like immediately fulfilling. So I was like, Oh, and validating. So I was like, I work so hard. I'm getting better at this and then the next day someone was like here your stuff is really good and i was like cool that's so awesome man yeah that's really really cool thank you yeah so i'm really um stoked on that as i've been trying to like penetrate into the industry for a while now and every time i get a little down i watch some uh youtuber who's like well this is how you do it and they're like well if you're kind of getting down ask yourself have you submitted 400 auditions and like and 400 keep going so I've submitted no work. Yeah, because all it takes, you just need to crack into like one or two. Yeah. And then you've got like a resume. A yeah, yeah. Totally. So yeah, I'm really so excited awesome. about it. And it was really cool and encouraging. So I'm pretty stoked. And that's been my week. Hell yeah. I'm looking cool. through my notes here and I have written down mercurial, the word that you used, because it was so tasty. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So before we hit the fun fact up, I want to throw out some thank yous for some new reviews. I told you guys that I wasn't going to be pressuring you for your reviews. And wow, you guys still rose to the occasion. And we wow. still hit four this week. Whoa. Yeah, we met the previous goal. My goodness. Y'all are too nice to us. Thank you so much. That means that next week you guys are going to have to crush out five for me. So really raising (laughs) the stakes for yourselves here. JG. uh, Now, I might be wrong on this. I might have my dates a little bit off, but I might have missed JG. He might have done it a few days before last Monday's, and I just didn't see him in the reports that I run because it was so fresh, like a day before last Monday's. But uh, I haven't mentioned him. So thank you, JG. He said the perfect sci-fi fantasy podcast. Perfect, JG. Wow. Thank you. Um, (laughs) It was very uh, encouraging of a read. There was one by Dora's Papa that says a book podcast that is fun and engaging and has tons of content, which was really encouraging because Evan and I 
kind of from the beginning, our mantra has always been like, we want to be known as the guys who cover everything. And so Thor's Papa noticed, and we really, really appreciate it. Uh, another one was just titled Faves, and it goes on and, and to some very encouraging things as well. And also mentions Effie and how good of a job she's doing. And that was by Moonrise with tons of ease. So thank you, Moonrise. And then we've got the last one by Malo20, which is the best podcast out there, which again, made my heart sing. So thank you everyone so much. It means so much to Evan and I. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Seriously. You. It's, it's so awesome <laughs> to get this kind of feedback, everybody. And it, it helps with pushing the podcast out for other listeners that want to hear it too. And I'm so excited too, because we've got all the podcast episodes, which is great. I really am excited about the YouTube channel too, too. because like I just keep imagining somebody like at work sneaking headphones while they're at work mm -hmm. and they're not really supposed to or something and then they find our youtube channel and it's like this nice organized thing with all of these like, book series ooh. yeah yeah and then the so, life just becomes deep 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 de <laughs> <laughs> i know that i was considering rewriting the uh no. the, the intro but i think now we can't like now I'm, it's, just, I'm emotionally attached to it now i was gonna like put different instrumentation in there and stuff ooh. but now no they flip oh, no, it up no. a little bit I don't think so. I think it's just going to be that forever. <laughs> um, I want to throw out this was because it was just funny hearing Evan talk about it. So Evan usually writes because Evan's a musician and he usually writes a little ditty for each different series that we do. That's very like in the back. Sometimes I reuse stuff. Yeah. yeah and sometimes so. we we'll reuse them of when we're reading the recaps. Right. So you can tell like this is recap time and you'll have like this little like whale orchestral synth sounds in the background. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes he spends long times writing these things. Like it may seem simple to you, though it like, never seems simple to me because I can't like write music like that. So I'm always like, it's amazing, Evan. But uh, if you're a uh, maestro as well on the musics, just know he puts some effort into those. And uh, a lot of them get thrown, get waste binned crumpled up and thrown in the waste bin because he's like ah too aggressive or too much or too little and uh so it's always really fun when he's like this one or that one that's happened a few times i'm always like oh cool <laughs> so you do a great job thanks, man. thanks for the a, shout out chad appreciate awesome. it and a lot of work goes into those uh and then finally before the fun fact here some country gratitude i gotta throw out there so south africa 26th yeah south africa whoa Hell yeah. Yeah, 26. That was pretty stoked. And uh, Norway, we had our California Norway man who left us a review a few weeks ago. Oh, also in these reviews, they're not just like one sentence. These are blocks. Oh, no, That's why long. I don't read them all because it would take me a while to read the whole chunk of them on the podcast for all four. Uh, so, man, just so encouraging. Cannot state that enough. But old Norway, you're still killing it for us. My guy, because we've moved from 69th, though I am, uh, it does hurt going anywhere, either up or down from the perfect number of 69, but we did move up to the 39th <laughs> in Norway. So, ooh, oh, wow, that's cool. we jumped up. That's really cool. Yeah. And then Ireland, uh, we're hitting the 74th, which was pretty cool. Sweden, we hit 88. And then Australia, we came in at uh, 89th. And Australia is one of the top five, I believe, largest countries that are like the most from those countries who listen to us. I think that list is UK, English, Canada, English, America, <laughs> the UK, Canada, Australia, and Germany is one of the bigger ones. Yeah, too. or New Zealand. I think they're kind of fighting oh, for yeah. each other uh, totally. for the fifth position. Um, but yeah, Australia being 89th was pretty cool. I was also born in 1989. So good number. <laughs> Somehow it was relevant. All right, we're going to move on <laughs> to the fun fact. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Okay, so a little bit of an odd one for you this week, but uh, no worse for it. Dan Brown recorded two albums of earnest soft rock in the early 90s. The first self-titled CD featured a song about phone sex called 976 Love. 
And here's a sample lyric. I take you to bed and push the phone to my head. You make me feel like a man. I, I, don't, I don't really have any words for that. I, nope, there's not really I'm, many to be had. No, I think not. besides he really found his calling when writing books, not musical lyrics. I mean, to be totally fair, we haven't listened to this song. True so, that. So there True is that. that. There is and that some whole thing. Song like, lyrics sound ridiculous when you just say them, and they're great songs. This sounds ridiculous either way, I think. Yeah. Maybe. I if it's like a power ballad. It says earnest soft rock. Is there a earnest, type of soft rock emotional? that isn't earnest? I'm not really sure. Well, I mean, that's pretty cool. If we ever have Dan Brown on the podcast, that'll be yeah. the first question we ask him. He's definitely listening. So if you want to send us like a copy of that song, Dan, Danny Boy, yep. we would love to hear it. Yeah. I think it's really awesome that, you know, Dan Brown is really busy, but I know he takes time to listen to the podcast. We make a lot of episodes, so we do. Yeah. He's kept Good up Dan. on all of them. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Dan. We'll have you on one of these days. I just did a um, a video on TikTok where I showed like the top selling books of the 21st century. Ooh. I didn't put a ton of thought into it. I mean, like I, I saw the list and I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But like it was kind of a weird list. I might I might make a different one myself and just like really do the research. And well, cause cause it was like a few years top selling book. It was like a few years old. It was from like EliteWrites.com or some EliteWritings.com or something like that. It was it was interesting. But Dan Brown was number two on that list with like 150 million copies sold, wow. which is just that's, that's so crazy. many books. Was um, Harry Potter in the first? Yeah, it was number one. Yeah, at like yeah. 225. I think million. like <laughs> yeah, in the top 10 list, the Harry Potter books cover like six of them. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's like, like the most sold ones. Amazon list Colleen Hoover all over again. Yeah, I think Harry Potter altogether has sold over 500 million copies. Yeah, yeah, I think the first book. That is. Yeah, it's. That is Which a is ridiculous like amount of books to seven sell. Seven or like, eight percent of the world's population. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's wild. Like that's. that's wild. <laughs> I don't know if that counts all the digital sales either. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't. I never wow. really looked that hard into it. I, whenever I've tried making those kind of like more referential or like academic videos, like it's kind of difficult to really quantify like how many books have been sold. Like there's no like database that shows like a live like number of. You know what I mean? I wish that that existed. Uh, I mean, I think there is one actually, but you have to like pay for it, and I'm not gonna pay for it. No. So if anybody does have access to that though, and they want to hit me with their login info. Uh, <laughs> Let me know. I can't remember where I read this, but I think it was a Brandon Sanderson related fact that he was talking about his audiobook sales versus physical book sales. And I believe that audiobook sales were far greater than physical book sale. So oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, audiobooks are really popular right now. And especially because I think yeah. uh, Brandon Sanderson, most of his books are read by Kate Reading and Michael Kramer, who are very popular uh, audiobook narrators. I don't know about like, like Michael Kramer is a very good narrator but the way that he talks like everything kind of sounds like a question <laughs> yeah. I, I hope i didn't just ruin michael kramer for anybody i don't think it's well, bad like i don't think he does probably it bad. bad so ah, damn it sorry <laughs> sorry michael kramer all right that's it for us today everybody uh thank you so much for listening to this episode thank you for listening to me talk about myself for so long i appreciate that uh, talking about I, your journey and a yeah, lot yeah. of the listeners are on the similar one so i think it's very relevant and very interesting thank you for sharing of course and uh, everybody again thank you for being here with us for this whole journey for yeah, not just this seriously. episode but the many ones that we do make uh, keep an eye out uh, this week we'll be putting out the first episode for faithful and the fallen for malice and then we'll also be putting out hopefully the second episode for shattered sea half the world i think we're also putting out morning star this yeah. week as well 
And then I'm also uh, I'm interviewing Christopher Triana this week. Uh, he's a oh, cool. uh, horror writer, very uh, extreme horror. So I'm really excited to talk uh, to him about his whole process behind all that stuff. Uh, his books are definitely not for everybody, but they're very good. Uh, he's a very gifted writer, but it's just, you know, pretty intense. Is it um, Splatter? <laughs> Splatterpunk. Uh, Splatterpunk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He wrote They All Died Screaming, ah, which, yes. which is very good, which but also a, a nice. lot. Jaunt in the park. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, yeah, with They All Died Screaming, we'll let all of you go. Um, <laughs> yes, they all end clapping and signing up to our Patreon, which really helps us out a lot. And oh, checking yeah, out please. our Discord, which also is fun because you get to be a part of the community and we literally would not be here without you all. So thank you so much. We really wouldn't. We're so grateful for all of you listening. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.